Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You. And now here's Connie. Journey by Mary Oliver. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began, though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble, and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do, though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough, and a wild night, and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. Oh my gosh, that's a Mary Oliver poem, one of my favorites. It gave me the chills as I was reading it. I hope you liked it too. I I could read Mary Oliver all day long. I just love her. And I'm talking today to someone who I... Oh, I, she probably loves Mary Oliver, too. Nina Mandelson. Uh, let me just give her bio. She has over 25 years' experience in the health and wellness field, and she's best known for her compassionate yet practical nourishment approach. She helps women go beyond deprivation and dieting so we can live a, in a vibrant body that we love. I love that. She's a recipient of the Integrative Nutrition Health Leadership Award. She has a master's in counseling psychology. She's certified. She's a certified psychology of eating teacher and a holistic health coach. And she's the founder of the Nourished Woman Nation. Nina, thank you so much for coming on Happy Healthy You. I think we're going to have a great conversation. Oh, Connie, I know we are. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Don't you love Mary Oliver? How much do you love that poem? Because what I love about her is she gets right down to the essence and right down to the kind of the core issues. And I heard two, there's two sentences that, that really popped for me. The first one was, that that idea of I wanted to mend my life mm-hmm. and then the, the next one that popped was a new voice that slowly that I that is slowly recognized as your own yes yes and the, the thing I think that's so powerful and I hope you don't mind I'm just sort of just diving right no, into it I love it um is the whole idea of mending my life that I talk to so many women who are trying to fix themselves. Like I'm going to mend my life and I get that desire. Like I want to be feeling better. I want to feel good in my own body. I want to be healthier. I totally get that. But there's something implicit in mending my life as though we are broken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say we're not broken. Like, yes, we may need healing for things that we're going through. We may need tending to. We we need caring for. But we're not flawed human beings. And that's what I loved about that second line, a new voice that is slowly recognized as your own. 
is that as we realize, you know what, we're just human, having a human experience, which is not perfect, and sometimes we're struggling with our relationship with our body and struggling with, should I eat this, should I not, and feeling bad, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. It just means we're human, and when we can bring that compassion to ourselves and start to realize that that voice is our voice, it's there's powerful healing happens. Mm, I love that. I just love everything you just said. And I had a, an intuition that that poem would strike a chord with you. So maybe we can start with what is the essence of your work, Nina? Like when you're working with women, what is the what is the essence of what you bring forward into the world? Yeah. So the, there's this French saying, "Je me sens bien dans ma peau." It means, oh wait, wait. Let's say I took French. Okay. Je me. What's what's Je me sens bien. Sens bien. Oh crap. I, Forget it. <laughs> je me sens bien. I feel good dans ma peau. Oh, okay. In my bien. own skin. Oh, I love it. Je me sens bien dans, dans ma, ma peau. Ma peau. Okay. okay. I like it. Because I feel good in my own skin. So I grew up in Montreal, which is why my French is marginally <laughs> better <tolerable>. than mine. <laughs> um, so. But uh, it's that feeling of I feel good in my own skin. And I know because I was that person that so many women don't feel that way. They're ashamed of their body. They're ashamed of the way they're eating. They're feeling just kind of, excuse my language, but just crappy. Mm -hmm. They just feel not good in their own body. And my work is about helping women reclaim or step into a sense of I like living in this home that is my body and I know how to nourish myself because that's the missing piece because often we're like you know what I don't feel good in my skin quick let me get on a diet quick let me train for this you know supersonic you know triathlon you know quick in which i got injured you know quick let me go on the latest detox you know or the whatever the fad diet is versus oh you know what i don't feel good in myself what do i need what would nourish me do you get that there's a difference mm -hmm. of where the locus of control is, right? Often as women, we go, I'm not happy where I'm at. Quick, society, tell me what I should do. Mm, it's so, and, yeah, it's so huge. I mean, we're just given these negative messages constantly. And what what changes, what shifts when we come from that place of, you know, we're not, we're not really broken. Yes. We're just, we need tweaking here and there. Yes. <laughs> so... So. Exactly. And we need, we don't need the magic cure. We need caring because the magic mm -hmm. cure, I've tried many, many, many magic cures, mm -hmm. zillions of diets, zillions of detoxes, zillions of different exercise regimes, and they work for about two weeks, maybe a month. And then they don't because it's an external. And this is really important. It's actually there's two different ways to approach feeling strong and healthy. There's a masculine approach 
and there's a feminine approach. And I'm not saying men and women. Lots of women mm-hmm. have a masculine approach. Lots of women. Lot, lots of women have a masculine approach. Lots of men have a feminine approach. So I'm saying as an archetype, as an approach. Mm-hmm. So the way to think about this masculine and feminine is really interesting and really worth gr- wrapping your mind around because it it can give you a container of where you want to head and how to start heading towards this more nourished nourishment model is what I call it. So the masculine approach is best typified by like the Nike, just do it, mm-hmm. right? Like n- no pain, no gain, just do it. Track your calories, weigh your food, track how many miles you did, go by the rules, you know, Never mind how you feel, just push on through. Now, that can work for a while, but eventually, as women, most women get to a place where they're like, you know what? This doesn't feel so good. This isn't pleasurable. I want to break free from the constraints of being kind of pushed along this conveyor belt. I want to come back into a more feminine approach a feminine approach is one that has more flow to it it has more internal listening what do i need what's going on it has more um, relaxation it has a lot more beauty and a lot Mm. more pleasure Mm -hmm. right so if you think about that like if we're just for an example in terms of a meal the masculine approach is let me grab that power bar and keep rolling the feminine approach, think Italy, think France. I sit down, there's a beautiful tablecloth, there are flowers on the table, I enjoy my food, I connect with the person. So this, can you just feel the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sensory experience. It's a totally sensual experience. Mm-hmm. That's so perceptive. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. And when you ask, so what happens when we take this more nourishment approach? This is where it happens. When we shift into this more feminine approach to making ourselves feel good, we click on our senses. We get into a sensual experience, and that does something amazing on a physiological level. It triggers us out of our stress response, our sympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. activation. Mm -hmm. That's our fight or flight. Oh, my gosh, I'm in so much of a hurry. I got to (laughs) go. That feeling. That sense, being in our senses, our sensuality, our pleasure, our flow, it shifts us into our parasympathetic nervous system, our rest and digest, our relaxation, our like ease on down the road, kind of like everything's okay. And when we can do that on a very physiological level, shifting from that fight or flight, going to that rest and digest, shifting from high cortisol, high adrenaline, those are our stress hormones, to lower cortisol, lower adrenaline, we do some amazing things for our body. Mm. We increase digestion. We increase metabolism. We get more calorie burning going. We get experience more pleasure right? We assimilate our food better, right? So we could be eating the most beautiful food, even healthy food. And we're in that like, go, 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 stress mode. Our body doesn't even absorb those nutrients. So bringing this down to uh, the present moment for me, before we started this conversation, um, 
I mentioned to you that my husband and I were moving and we were, uh, we have like two weeks left to move and we were really inundated just right before we got on Skype with these requests from our, our mortgage lender. And we're like, didn't we give that to him? So we're scrambling to get it done so I could do this podcast. And so, so in your, uh, philosophy, I should not be sitting down to a meal when I'm, uh, in the midst of trying to get my mortgage settled and move in two weeks. I should probably settle myself down. Would you say, can you just talk about like not having, not having a meal under duress or stress? Well, it's, it's, the cool thing is that you can shift pretty easily. You can shift from, ooh, I'm getting a weird echo. Is that, are you doing that? No, you sound good. Okay. So you can shift from that fight or flight to that rest and digest pretty darn easily. Okay. How and do we do that? So you're going, going, going. I wouldn't suggest, you know, sitting by the computer and wolfing down you know, your food at the same time. But if you decided, you know what, I am stressed, but I do want to eat. I'm hungry. This is what I do. And we do this every night at our house. Even my kids are teenagers now and we do it with them. I set the timer on my phone for two minutes mm. and we sit in silence and just breathe. I love Honestly, that. and just breathe. And the breath, paying attention to the breath, slowing it down is one of the fastest, most powerful ways to help your body remember that it's not being chased by a tiger. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. It's like saying to your body, it's okay. I am safe right now. I can take slow breaths because when we do slow controlled breathing, it's almost like we fake out our, our nervous system. Mm -hmm. It goes, oh, you're breathing nice and slowly. Everything must be okay. We can, t we can dial this stress response down a little bit. Yeah, that's the, the power of the body-mind, using the mind to help the body along. And it's kind of counterintuitive that our metabolism, this is what I don't always get, maybe you can help me clarify this, that our metabolism is actually increased when we uh, lower cortisol and we activate that parasympathetic. Can you talk about how that works? Yes, absolutely. So think about it this way. You're in the jungle or wherever tigers are and or lions or whatever, bears, whatever it is, right? You're being chased. So our body goes, oh, you're in trouble. So let's put all the blood, all the energy to where it needs to be for you to get away from danger. Mm -hmm. Let's put all the blood and all the energy of your body to your extremities, arms and legs. So you can run like crazy and to your brain so you can make snap second decisions, right? Our vision even gets a little more tunnel visioned in those moments so that you're like watching, right? Have you ever been like even driving like late at night and it's raining, those kind of stressful drives, you notice you almost don't even notice as much peripheral vision because you're so focused just on those two little red lights of the car in front of you, right? Mm, yeah. Everything gets focused in. And so your whole body is, is, is positioned for action. What it says in our, the great intelligence of our body is, oh, you know what? Digesting lunch right now, that's not so important. Mm. Pulling in all those nutrients, eh, not high on the priority list. 
what is important is getting away. So that's why our blood and energy is not with digestion, not with assimilation. It's out busy doing other things. It's also why when we're stressed, we think, oh my gosh, there's really no time. There's really no time. I don't have enough time. And that physiologically, we are having that experience. Oh my gosh, there's no time because I'm getting away from danger. Mm -hmm. And then when you slow down, you're like, you know what? It'll work out. I have enough time. Wow. That is so clear, that, that explanation. Thank you so much for that. That really just clarifies everything for me. Do you attribute our obesity epidemic in this country to an, a real epidemic of stress? I attribute it to a couple of things. Okay. One, uh, many things. One, absolutely stress. Absolutely. And you see it. We have a lot of stress uh, hormone receptors in our belly. And you see it in, um, and it happens to me too. When I put on weight and it's like a stressful time and I could be eating the exact same thing, but I'm going through a stressful time, I'll get, you know, people talk about like that spare tire on their belly. Right. I'll get that belly fat. That's because our stress receptors, their hormone receptors are in there. We get that stress weight. So one of it absolutely is stress. The other is sugar, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I'm not one to vilify certain foods because I feel like I, I'm not into right and wrong eating, but I am into, because when we say, oh, I've, I, I'm, I ate that and it was bad to eat and I, I shouldn't have eaten it and the food is bad. So then I'm bad. That doesn't work so well for us, right? right? Or I'm eating really clean, so I'm a good person. Like that whole moral judgment, it's, it's, it's heavy and it's too loaded for us. Yeah. We have to get away from that. But, or and, what we do have to listen to is how do certain foods impact our body, right? Better than saying this is good food, bad food. Does this food nourish me? Or does it not? Yeah, neutralize it. Just neutralize right. ne- them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Neutralize okay. the judgment on the food and and be in a real relationship. Is this a food that's going to serve me? The reality is our culture went through this big no-fat phase. And so what um, manufacturers did was replace the fat, even when it was healthy fats, in our food with sugar to to compensate for the taste of it. And so our culture ended up drinking, drinking yes, in sodas and eating a tremendous amount more sugar. And what our body does is goes, oh, my gosh, this is too much sugar. I can't process all of this. It'll be too much on my system. So let me go store it. And how does sugar get stored? It gets stored as fat. Mm. Yeah. So that's why fat is that's why sugar is such a, a an issue in terms of when it comes to nourishing ourselves well. And it is one of the things that I really encourage women to let go of and men let go of and release the the hook on sugar because sugar is complicated in that it's not just okay i can let it go because it it produces cravings mm, so addictive it, i've heard people say it's uh worse than cocaine yes so, absolutely yeah. that's the going words out there these days is that it is more addictive than cocaine and not only is it addictive on a physiological level 
there's also in our taste buds, we start to get hooked on that high sweet taste. Mm -hmm. And on an emotional level, when we're kind of needing something like a treat or we want a reward or we want to, you know, soothing, you know, what were we given as kids? Oh, you got a shot from the doctor? Here's a lollipop. Oh, you did good on a test. Let's go for ice cream. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're having, you know, a celebration. Let's bring out more candy. And then we associate it psychologically with all those great memories. And it's just, uh, it's just setting us up for failure. (laughs) Unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It becomes our soother. It becomes our reward. And I remember when my kids were little, I would come downstairs after I'd put them to bed and I would open the fridge and I, you know, I was, I had a lot, I'd been doing this work for many years, but still there I was standing in front of the fridge. I was like, what am I looking for? Like, what exactly? You're not hungry, but here you are. And I was like, oh, I'm looking for a medal. I got through a day with little tiny kids and I got them to go to sleep. Shouldn't someone give me a reward gold medal now? (laughs) Yes. And if I can't have a gold medal, maybe I can have something to eat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm there with you. I was there too. I mean, ice cream, glass of wine. There's so many rewards I gave myself when my kids are little because it's stressful. It really is stressful. It is yeah, very yeah. stressful. And it's very important that you said that thing about the glass of wine. Yeah. Because women do that a lot. And mm-hmm. I've been seeing it in my practice a lot recently is women talking about, you know what, the food is the issue, but the food becomes an issue after I've had that glass of wine. Mm, mm. Well, that's sugar too, right? Isn't yeah, it absolutely. Yeah. Right. So that's the thing is that alcohol converts to sugar. And so then, oh, and we're feeling a little bit ungrounded from the wine, which is what we wanted. We wanted to kind of get away from how we we're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, loosen up a little okay, there's the wine. Then it's our natural tendency to like, I need a little grounding. Oh, what am I going to do for grounding? Eat something. Mm. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. So Nina, what do we do? So to stop this good food, bad food cycle, yes. I, I guess you're just, you're giving us the information we need. What is the information we need to get off that roller coaster? Okay, so the important thing in terms of getting off the good food, bad, cy- bad food cycle, is one, ask yourself a very powerful question. Is, is this food going to nourish me? Right? Instead of this is a good food or this is a bad food. Is this food going to nourish me? Now that gets tricky because then who's answering? Right. We all have different parts of ourselves. So it could be the little kid who goes, absolutely, that fudge fudge sundae is very nourishing to me. I want it. Right. Right. So we have to start getting to know those different parts of us that come to the table. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not just. You know, if you've ever struggled with food or or body issues, you know that it isn't always the, you know, good parent in you that chooses the food. Mm -hmm. It's the little kid that says, but I want the cookies or and I have I have a very strong pleasure seeker. 
So my pleasure seeker comes out when I go on dates with my husband and he's like, where do you want to go? I'm like, oh, let's go somewhere we can have tapas or let's go somewhere where they do like, you know, half pours of wine because I want a taste of everything. Mm-hmm. And that's right? good. I, want a I mean, that. that's part of life is experiencing the the beauty and the, the, the sensual experience that we talked it, about. So, right. So. So, yeah. Absolutely. So if my pleasure seeker is coming out and we're at a regular restaurant with like big courses, you know, I'm going to be like, well, oh, but I want that. And well, can I have a bite of yours? And, and then so who's sitting at the table? Is it the pleasure seeker? Is it the little kid who wants the ice cream? Is it the rebel who says, oh, you know, you're trying to do another diet on me. I'm not doing that. I'm going to eat whatever the heck I want. Yeah. Right? So we have to start going, is this nourishing me, right? So who is it nourishing? Who is it not? And who's coming to the table? Who's actually sitting at the table? I love who's this. the choice? I just love everything you're saying. First of all, I'm going to interject here because you asked this great question. Is this food going to nourish me? Gloria Steinem, my my heroine, my hero, mm. she said the goddess is in the questions. And this just goes back to that feminine energy that we're tapping into. And here's another thing I want to add. I just, just worked at uh, my one of my good friends, Julie Riesler, who's been on the podcast, and I uh, put on a retreat for women called Joy Camp. And we did these exercises in tapping into our feminine intuition. And we did things like we asked questions over food. We didn't ask this particular question, but I'm totally going to do this. And we used a pendulum and then we used muscle testing. And if anybody is not familiar with that, you can Google it, but it's, it's just tapping and putting your hand on your heart and asking the question, is this food going to nourish me? You're a yogi. I mean, we, this is so important for us to to ta- to tap into that yes. inner inner wisdom that we have as women especially yes and that that's so great that you bring that up Connie because what you're saying in there is there is body wisdom body wisdom thank you yes we have body wisdom <laughs> and the the piece of learning that some of us need to do the piece the competency that we need to to have is body trust Mm. because when we have body trust we're saying oh dear body you have some very powerful information for for me you have some wisdom for me and i am going to tune in because i trust you now The whole body trust piece is a whole other area for us to talk about because a lot of women don't have that body trust. And that happens for many different reasons. It happens because many, many women, their boundaries have been violated, Mm -hmm. you know, sexually or otherwise. It happens because we've gone through traumatic childbirth. We've, or because we've had a surgery or because there's been um, weight gains or weight losses. All those things can kind of throw a wrench in our relationship with our body so that we're not in a trusting relationship where we can go, so body, what nourishes you? Does this nourish me right now? Instead, we're going, I can't, I don't want to pay attention to you. La, 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 I'm not hearing you. I can't, I don't want to. You know, we're, we're, we're not 
in a conversation with our body. And the very powerful, if we can shift that relationship and be in a listening, respectful relationship with our body that creates body trust. Are there some tools you can suggest to develop this body trust? I mean, I love yoga. You're a yogi. Um, yep. I, I, yoga has done so much for me as, in insofar as my body awareness and my sense of really like I can just go to my stomach and say, what do you want? <laughs> yes. and, and, you know, but, but maybe there's some more that you can suggest for our yeah. listeners. So yoga, absolutely. And I have a caveat. So, and I know you're a fan of hot yoga and that's fantastic for many people. However, there are a lot of yogas that are pushing women a little bit too hard mm-hmm. so that the focus is on achievement versus attunement. I agree. Right? So what we want to be doing is choosing a yoga class. There's such an amazing array of yoga classes out there, a yoga class and a yoga teacher that supports us in saying, okay, listen to your body. Focus in, take a moment between poses. What do you notice? What do you feel? Mm -hmm. Because the way to that body trust is embodiment, being able to be in your body and feel what's going on. So, and the way we do that is to slow down so that we can actually sense You know, honestly, if you just take a moment right now and just breathe and the act, there's an amazing power of the act of closing your eyes and turning your gaze inward, right? We're so focused, especially women, so focused. How's everybody doing? Does everybody have what they need? You know, I got to get this list done. And there's so much stimulus and there's so much screen. The act of closing your eyes and going, let me find out. Let me turn my gaze inward. What is happening inside? How do I tune in to what's going on and wander around internally to find out how I'm feeling? Mm, I'm just doing that as you're, as you're speaking, and I'm, I noticed my hips are tight. <laughs> mm-hmm. so okay so that's great so let me can I use can we play with this for a second yeah, is that yeah. okay with you let's do it okay so just that right my hips are tight right and that's often the first thing that we notice is the pain places of pain mm-hmm. so if you were to just hang out with the pain not asking it the tightness not asking it to be any different than it is not like breathing it away but just feeling into the tightness and saying to the tightness okay I'm giving you a little space just to be, just to breathe and be with it. And then, and I know you're very tuned in and it it may not happen for everybody the first time, but I'm going to just, let's go with it, which is if your hips, if the tightness, specifically that tightness, or actually before we get there, can you describe the tightness? Like really specific. What are the sensations of tightness? Hmm. Well, there's. It's really solid feeling. Like, mm-hmm. like um, 
Like dense? Like dense. Dense mm-hmm. is a better word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So dense, and is it dense? Is it like a like a P-shape, like a marble shape, like a bowling ball shape? Is it like long, mm. thin? What's the dense? Like, what does it look like? No, it looks more like, I want to say like um, something hard, like a rock. <laughs> like a rock. Like, seriously, it's like. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Hard, yeah. Like a rock. Mm-hmm. Great. Like a big oh. stone. Okay. Yeah. And the stone, dark colored, gray colored? Dark gray. Dark gray. Okay, so I just want you to take a moment and just feel, okay, dark gray stone feeling in my hips. And just for a moment, just let that be there, right? Just let that be there. What we're doing is getting curious. We're listening to the way that the body speaks, which is in sensation. So we're listening to the body's language. This is a big tool for learning how to be in your body and learn to trust your body is starting to learn its language. So you tuned in. Sensation is the way the body speaks. Okay, so now from that place of being tuned in, I'd like you to breathe and just ask that rock place, dense, dark grayness in there. What do you have to say to me? You need to lighten up. You need to lighten up. So just breathe into that and just notice how that makes you feel. You need to lighten up. I saw clouds parting and sunshine and blue sky and just beautiful sort of like like the awareness of this beautiful day that everything's okay everything's fine right so just take a moment and make space for that just take a moment and make space for that experience and what's so powerful about that i'm just going to let you be in your experience for a second and just use it as a teaching moment what's so powerful about that is that if i had said you know, Connie, you need to lighten up. (laughs) You'd be like, yeah, right. Like, come on. I got the whole house thing going on and the mortgage information. And like, I got this podcast to do. Like, really? Lighten up? Yeah. No. That's that's a little annoying, I have to say. Yeah, it is. I like my blue sky a lot better. (laughs) Right. But when you hear it from your own self, your own body wisdom, what happens? Yes. Yes. It's, it's so much more meaningful to, to, it's like the poem. We heal ourselves. We just, yeah, it's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Absolutely. That's the thing, right? That's the difference. And it's the difference of my work, you know, versus a lot of work that I sort of tried to do, which was like, okay, here's how you do it. I'm about, let's find your way. Mm-hmm. Let's find your path. You have the answers in you. And sometimes it takes a little supporting to make space for it, to let it bubble up. Right. It took me, you know, a fair amount of coaches and healers to start to, to for them to reflect back. You know this. Mm. What's going on inside for me to bubble it up? Yeah, it just takes someone asking those questions yes. and then they come up so 
almost spontaneously. It was it was kind of amazing. It's almost like too easy. <laughs> I, when when I saw the gray stone, I uh, that can't be right. But then I just went with it because you have to kind of trust it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. You can't. Well, you can second guess it, but it doesn't support your experience to second guess. And the thing to remember is that's you know. This is part of, remember in the beginning, I talked about the masculine model Mm -hmm. and the feminine model. This is the feminine model, Mm -hmm. which is that we know, we have, people talk about it, right? Female intuition, Mm -hmm. right? A mother knows. All that stuff comes from a legacy of women having that, like, I kind of know, I have a gut feeling. And when we can turn that towards ourselves, and use it as our own model of nourishment becomes very, very powerful. Really powerful. And I just want to ask this question, throw it out there. Hopefully you know the answer or you can describe this answer. What does it feel like to be a nourished woman? Mm, I love that. I don't think anybody's ever asked me well, that question. Well, I, I feel like we talk so much about what it's like not to be that yes. I feel like if we put it out there a little bit more publicly in the media, what it's like, you know, maybe modeling for it, not, not in a, a grandiose or bragging way, like, but what does it feel like to be yeah. a nourished woman or what would it, what would we like for it to feel like? I don't even know. I'm looking for the right question. So, well, it was interesting cause I, um, I love, love that you asked, and I will answer it more specifically in a minute, but just let me tell a quick anecdote. So I am a, a huge fan of paddleboarding. I'm a big paddleboarder, mm-hmm. and I was out this afternoon with my sister paddleboarding, and I was lying, you know, I paddleboard, get myself a little bit of a, you know, get myself really moving, and then I just lie down cool. <laughs> in the middle of the lake so and nice. just relax. And I was like, you know what? I wish I had a picture of myself here, and I wish I had a picture of myself, like, laying on a bench when I was cycling with my son and just chilling out. And I wish I had a picture of myself lying in my bed, or I wish I had a picture of sitting with my clients, you know, and, and make a whole vision board of Mm -hmm. what it looks like to be nourished. I just wrote vision board when you said that we were, we were in sync. Right. All the images that make us feel nourished. So for me, it's a beautiful, like, what does it feel like to, to feel like a nourished woman? First of all, it feels relaxed. It feels pleasurable. It feels like I am in contact with that kind of tingly, lovely sensation in my body. It feels like I can freely say what I need to say. I'm not holding back feelings. Right? I'm in communication. I'm in dialogue with the people I need to be with, my, my own feelings. Feeling nourished feels like I'm being kind with myself. There's self-compassion. Being a nourished woman feels like I'm on my own side. I'm on my team versus being self-critical all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. Being a nourished woman means I walk into a kitchen or a restaurant and I know what foods are going to serve me and nourish me and make me feel energetic and at ease and digest easily, right? Being a nourished woman feels like I can be creative. I can be free. I can dance. I can sing even if I can't sing that well, right? I can be expressive. 
Right? Being a nourished woman is being truly, authentically you in a very open, relaxed way. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then when we fall from that, as we all do, because life happens. Oh, yes. We have that that vision to kind of look to or work toward or, you know, I think if we don't, if we don't know what we're working toward, sometimes it's hard to, to see it. You know, it seems like such so far away from where we are sometimes. So. Yes. And I just want to say it's very easy. Like when I'm talking about, you know, being a nourished woman to go, Oh, well, you know, Nina has it together or Connie mm-hmm. has it together, right. you know, like they know how to do nourished life. And I just want to say before anybody like puts, you know, you or I or anybody else up on a pedestal, life happens to us all. It's never a perfect science. This approach, this nourishment approach and my approach to, you know, helping women be living a truly, you know, yummy life is not a marathon that you finish. It's a long, wonderful, meandering stroll. It's a sustainable way of living that sometimes we need to be asking for support to connect back to what truly nourishes us. Sometimes we're like easy breezy, totally feeling it. Sometimes we need a little bit of lifting up off the sofa or something. Exactly. You know, but but it's not there's no ideal. There's no there's no failing at this the way that we're so used to failing at the next diet and failing at the next you know exercise regime this isn't about failure this is about process right and it's a practice and a journey absolutely it's a practice oh nina i love that we didn't once mention lettuce or broccoli or brussels sprouts (laughs) or anything in this conversation is so awesome and i love that you gave permission for all of us to reach out for support i personally have this vision of a circle of women especially after coming out of joy camp that that meets together monthly or bi-monthly and we just support one another in this way and um I think I think there's so many different ways we can support one another. And for someone who's interested in working with you as a coach or to hear you speak or to read what you've written, your workshops and retreats and your nourishing expertise, how can how can they find you and get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you for asking. My website is ninamanolson.com and it's M A N O L son.com and there's some really fun things on that site you know one is you know you can get to know me better but the other is if you want to get a have a pathway into this nourishment approach I have a very practical video series on there and it's called eat on purpose and it brings this nourishment approach right to the table And so it's a way of really connecting to yourself and to your body and developing that body trust literally three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's awesome. And so I highly recommend that. And it's totally free. It's a really nice resource. Awesome. 
Thank you so much, Nina. This is this is such a great conversation to have. We could go on and on, so maybe you'll have to come back and we can get a little more specific about some things about the way we eat and how we can nourish ourselves and ask ourselves what we're really hungry for. And yes. um, But before we go, I just want to ask you, since we didn't talk about Brussels sprouts, what is your favorite go-to meal? Like if you could visualize the most satisfying, nourishing meal for you on, you know, one of your date nights with your husband, what would it be? Yeah, it's funny. Um, when you said what's the most nourishing meal, it wasn't actually a date night dinner that came to me. Okay. There's two favorite foods that I have that I make almost every day. Um, one is I make really luscious green smoothies, which I love. And I start my day that way. And if anybody's interested in my recipe, that's also on my website for okay. free. And the other is I love blueberries. I love blueberries. Like go through a pint of blueberries every day, love blueberries. And so what I do, because it's, and blueberries are pretty low glycemic index, low, they don't do a lot to your blood sugar, but Mm -hmm. still for me, I'm pretty sensitive. So a pint of blueberries is still going to like make me a little jangly. So what I do is I put some thick coconut milk on top and some chia seeds and a little bit of bee pollen for a little energy. The chia seeds is healthy fat and protein. And I just make a bowl of it. And that is like for me, I don't know, it might sound a little weird, but the coconut milk is kind of luscious. And uh-huh. I, you know, I'm the big blueberry fan. My husband says I must have been a bear in another life. <laughs> and um, it just is so satisfying to me. So that's like one of my all time and it's easy, easy snack to make for anybody. Awesome. Oh, that sounds great. That's inspiring. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. I saw that book in my mind, Blueberries for Sal, when you were talking. Yes. <laughs> Remember that children's book? Was so cute. <laughs> I don't even know how many times I read that. <laughs> I know. Me too. I think I knew it by heart at some point. Oh, I know. Thank you so much. This has been such an enlightening conversation. And, and I think a lot of women are going to take away some really um, powerful empowering uh, ideas about food and and how to really nourish ourselves and let's just do it let's just get away from the the masculine way of eating and yes and embrace the feminine because it's yes. so beautiful yeah all right girl well thank you thank you so very much for having me Connie. It's so fun to talk so fun so fun so we'll have you back to happy a journey of hope healing and waking up is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies the loss of a child it's about love and sadness and being human the nine lessons in back to happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul healing from grief and loss is possible finding joy again is possible back to happy in paperback Kindle and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit backtohappybook.com.